What is up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Coast Coast Podcast, bringing you a new segment here. We're calling it Sunday Talk. We're answering your guys' questions from the Instagram, a little rapid fire style, you know. So uh, first question here we've got is from Samit Singh. Uh, how are the Nuggets' chances without Murray? And is Utah a real threat in the Western Conference? What do you guys think about that? Um, I'll go first. I'll talk about the first part. So in terms of Murray, yeah. I was thinking about this. And when we saw from the playoffs last year, Murray was able to dominate in the last uh, clutch of the games. And he was the go-to guy in terms of shot creation. So I think it definitely worsens him. And I don't think Monte Morris is near the value that Jamal Murray provides. Um, it's going to have to see a step from MPJ. Uh, he's got to be that first option on the wing and needs to continue to dominate. He's been really efficient this year. And he's got to keep doing that. But um, I take the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Jazz, Blazers, and even the Suns over them at this point because I think Murray's so valuable to this team. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, yeah, after training with Gary Harris. Yeah, true. But Gary, I don't know. Gary was just such like an offensive like liability for them. Like he was good defensively, but it just like doesn't help when like like the reason they're gonna beat teams is like because of their offense and like when he's out there, he just doesn't really add much to it. Uh, but first of all, shout out yeah. to me, uh, pickup basketball legend. Um, but I I feel the same way that Liam does. I just don't really see like without Murray, because it's just so much scoring that they're going to miss. And, like, MPJ and Jokic are just really, really going to have to step up. And they both have the capability to do that. It's just uh, it's just a lot to ask of them. Um, and then also with Utah being a real threat, um, yeah, they are. But also, like, with the Lakers fully healthy, I just see the Lakers, like, they're in their own tier when they're healthy. And then it, like, drops a tier. And then I think they're, like – them, uh, the Suns, the Clippers, and then maybe the Blazers um, and maybe the Nuggets if they're healthy. But, like, I think those three teams are kind of all, like, in the same tier, the same boat. Um, so, yeah, definitely a real threat. If they make it to the conference finals, I would not be surprised. But also if they, like, you know, got knocked out in the second round, I wouldn't be surprised either. So, yeah. I just put that – I think Conley, Clarkson, uh-huh. Bogdanovich got to step up for them. Um, I think Mitchell and Gobert are going to bring it out there. Mm-hmm. And if they go against the Lakers – I think the reason to stop them, they got to stop AD because I think when you stop AD, it forces LeBron to make his other guys work for them. And they haven't really been that talented outside of, you know, some good games from Kyle Kuzma out there or Contavious Cowboy Pope. Gobert's going to bring it, but also they're going to bring him out. And that's going to be like a real testament to their team. You know, they can survive that if Gobert can handle himself like in those pick and rolls. Cause you know, like their teams are going to do that. So, you know, they can stop it. So yeah all right moving on to the next question we got my boy ibrahim dagger uh he's asking who's the most underrated nba player right now thoughts there's a few guys there's a few guys uh, i got one not really just for like numbers sake but just like his impact on the team Uh, i got seth curry uh, someone that's you know shooting the shit out of the ball i mean 45 41 89 splits um and just really you know, you look at Philly's offense last year, and they were just such a mess. I mean, just no spacing, super clunky on offense. And now, you know, adding him and also Danny Green, like, this has been helping them a lot. I know he gets, you know, slandered all the time, but he, he does have really nice moments. But Seth Curry changed their offense. The spacing is, is really great now for them. And uh, he is, like, you know, a perfect pick-and-roll partner for Embiid because I think, you know, Ben, uh, it, it doesn't really work like that. Uh, with with him and Joel just because Ben can't shoot but I think when you have Curry in that pick and roll is something that is extremely important to success um, 
you know, offensively in the NBA today, it just really like changes their offense for the better. And just, I mean, he's one of the main reasons why they're a, a one seed right now. Yeah, facts. Great pick. Uh, I'll just be quick with it. Um, I talked to Karsh about this before Jose joined the podcast earlier, but um, I know I got people like De'Aaron Fox, Colin Sexton, Brandon Ingram, and DeMar. But a guy who's been on a winning team who literally just had a 25 and 24 game just today, um, it's Clint Capella. I think he's a guy who got literally traded for nothing, got dumped off when the Rockets wanted to go small ball. He's averaging 15 and a half, four rebounds and two blocks. He's been super good offensively this year, which is surprising for him because he's been known as a guy that's really just a defensive guy. He's got the Hawks in the four seed, so I can go with Clint Capella. Yeah. Both great picks. Yeah, Fox as well. Fox would have been my pick. I feel like he gets no recognition just because our team is so bad. But uh, yeah, but he's been yeah. balling, and he's finally made like that jump that like everyone thought he was going to make. Yeah, it just sucks that the rest of our team is god-awful. <laughs> but uh, yeah. moving on to the yeah, third question, we got uh, – you know, honorary podcast member, TRV Chase, what free agent Shout will make Chase, the big – Yeah, facts. Shout out, Chase. Uh, what free agent will make the biggest impact on their new team? I'm guessing this is NFL. Yeah. Question. Yep. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll take it off that. here. If I could have cheated, I would have taken Matthew Stafford or Wentz, but I'm going to play it honestly. It's going to be a guy that was signed this season. And it's kind of an interesting pick here. I'm going to go Patrick Peterson of the new uh, – Minnesota Vikings, I think putting him in that defense, you know, with a guy like Mike Zimmer, who's a defensive guy and being a veteran presence for, you know, they got some good cornerbacks out there that really go under the radar. Uh, I mean, obviously Jeff Gladney didn't have that good of a rookie season, but I forgot who the other guy is out there playing corner for them. But I think, you know, to bring his uh, ability, he played at a high level in his career and he still has been pretty decent. And I think that bringing that veteran atmosphere in there can make that Vikings defense just so much more better. And I think that, you know, they have a really high-powered offense to begin with and now gains Daniel Hunter back. But I think Patrick Pearson is going to lead the secondary alongside Harrison Smith. And I'm going to go with him, making an impact not only on the field, but off the field as well. Yeah, definitely. I really like that pick because uh, the Vikings' defense was, like, pretty atrocious last year. And getting that veteran uh, presence is going to be crucial. Uh, I had uh, John Johnson the third, uh, just because, you know, Cleveland's defense has been – uh, pretty loaded the last couple of years with a lot of talent um, at basically every position except safety. Um, and now they finally, you know, fill that hole that uh, has been pretty glaring the last couple of years. Um, and you get a really, really solid, solid safety. Uh, and John Johnson, the third, you know, coming over from the Rams. And I think, you know, him filling in that last spot, like they're going to be scary, man. I mean, I know they just signed, just signed Clowney. Uh, I mean, who knows what he's going to bring, but on paper, like, it's scary. Yeah. Like their defense is for real, like yeah. really, really scary. Yeah. My pick would have been Clowney because I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on him right now. They've kind of forgot who he is. And I think he's kind of forgot who he is, but yeah. if he can come yeah. back, if he can come back and be, you know, even 50% of, you know, prime Clowney, that's, that's great pairing alongside Garrett. Um, yeah. Cause you can't like, you can't double team both. And I think when both exactly. the guys, like when Clowney's on, like he's someone that, should yeah. demand a double team yep and you forget like i think it was two years ago um niners seahawks Disgusting. <laughs> two western tags, conference finals, yeah i mean western conference finals uh nfc championship whatever um yeah moving on to our, our fourth question coming from my boy dr Deze, is damian lillard mvp um I would have to say no, but I have a good analogy for this year. I think he's Russell Wilson in the NBA. It makes sense. They both play in the same area up there in uh, northwestern uh, 
U.S. But, um, you know, he has streaks out there when Dame's the best player in the league. But I think in, for Dame to win MVP, I think it's, it's a lot harder for him because he plays in a smaller market. I think he'd have to be get Portland into a top three seed. I think he's going to have to, you know, average 30 points per game, average seven and a half assists or not. But I think he should definitely be a top five candidate. But I think with the emergence of Jokic, who literally went up seven points per game, um, and just some other options out there as well, you know, Joel Embiid, James Harden, stuff like that. I would love to see Dan yeah. win MVP. I think he deserves one, but I think he's Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a great, great analogy. It really should be like just because, um, you know, I mean, year after year, and especially this year, like he's always, you know, carrying them because they always have injuries. And I think this year, especially because, you know, you lose CJ and Nurkic both super early and they've been out for you know, most of the season. And those are, you know, second and third best players on the team and they're still you know they're still in a top six position um you know in the west which is always loaded um so it really should be um i think it probably is Jokic's to lose now just because Embiid missed some games but i mean if they like since murray's out it's really just going to be like if murray's out and they drop a little bit like in the standings then it's like it's going to be tough because dane practically had the same situation losing you know mccollum who like i think would you know, be somewhat of a equivalent to Murray and he still, you know, stayed in the top six. So, um, but it's probably, it should be him, but it'll most likely be Jokic or even Embiid because, you know, yeah, he missed a few games, but they've been the number one seed like all season and he's been the biggest part. So, yeah, but it should be, man. I, I want to see it just because he like puts on every night clutch time, uh, keeps that team afloat no matter who's in the lineup, who's out. Uh, so it, it really should be. Yeah. Uh, should, quick side should question. With an MVP, but sucks yeah a uh, quick side question you don't need to provide any explanation but who's having the better season dame or curry i'm biased so i'm not i don't think my opinion <laughs> matters here i mean i think you guys are both biased but i think curry's having an insane season it just sucks that the warriors are ass <laughs> i mean curry had such a good great game last night i was literally going crazy the and one three-pointer yeah. the step back yeah. one that didn't even yeah. matter at the point but i mean we lost the game i mean we'll keep saying it until i die when clay thompson's back we'll be better so yeah, Let dude, man, man cannot buy a fucking miss right now. Like he can't, dude. It's insane I knew, like, right now. When he hit that side step in the corner with like two or three guys on him, like I just knew it was gonna go in. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, literally, we yeah. were down what? I think we were down five or something, Four. and I'm just we'll like, all right, Curry just needs Curry's just gonna hit this three, and then we'll only be down two, and then that's exactly what he does. Like it's just mm-hmm. like inevitable that he's gonna make it. Now it's stupid. Yeah, it's insane. Um, all right, moving on to the next question coming from JJ Dumars. Who will the Niners take third overall? Um, wild card prediction here. I'm going Trey Lance, quarterback, uh, North Dakota State University. Uh, this obviously is very interesting given that the guys that the media has picked for them is either Mac Jones, which I think has been the heavy favorite at this point, or Justin Fields. But I think you got to look at the guys that um, Shanahan has coached. It's a lot of guys coming from small name schools. Uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, an Eastern Illinois product, uh, even like Baylor, who I think is not even really a big powerhouse school in football, uh, Robert Griffin III, uh, Michigan State, even still not a good, sc- not the best school in Michigan when it comes to football uh, with Kirk Cousins. And then uh, I think Southern Mississippi was where Nick Mullins was from. But otherwise, I mean, I'm just going to give my point there. I think um, this kid Lance is special. He's got arm talent and he has the ability to be mobile too. I think he's a little bit mixed of Jones and Fields. I think it's going to be someone that Shanahan might have his eye on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, to answer it directly, it's either going to be Fields 
Jones or Lance, no one else. It's going to be one of those three. Uh, preferably, hopefully not Mac Jones. I am all on board on Trey Lance as well. Um, I think Justin Fields would be the most hype, but again, I think Trey Lance has like you know similar qualities to to Fields, so it's really just going to be uh, you know whoever. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully Lance or Fields. But Jones, I, I just don't get like I mean, it's just you know he only started one year. He has everything catered to him. Like, I don't know, just like, and he didn't yeah. show really like that many great flashes besides just being like a solid, you know, pocket passer, really. Whereas these, you know, the other two guys, like, like you said, Liam, they got the uh, athleticism, arm talent, like everything you would want from like a, a modern quarterback. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, you guys definitely have to go QB. It's just about picking the right one at this point. Yeah. Um, but next question comes from Andrew Galvez. Underdog you don't want to face in the first round. Um, I'm guessing this is NBA, so shoot. Carson, go ahead. I'll go for, yeah, I'll go first. Um, I have one for each conference. Also, shout out my roommate Andrew. He's in there somewhere playing, playing video games. Uh, in the East, I got the Celtics just because they're coming on really strong right now, and they have three really, really gifted scores. And I think, uh, you know, in the playoffs, it's either you win by defense or you win by just having – you know, the best offensive weapons. And I think the Celtics have three really, really solid ones um, in Brown, Tatum, and, and Walker. And they're all clicking. They're tough and especially smart too. Um, so they're coming on the right time. And then in the West, uh, definitely the Blazers, just because, again, you know, they're getting hot at the right time. All their guys are, you know, they're going to be fully healthy by the time the playoffs come around. Um, and, you know, I just would not want to play them just because of Dame. I mean, Dame can, you know, win you a series on his own. Yeah. Um I'll go Mavericks for the West. I actually did do West and East as well. Uh, Mavericks, I think they had the most one of the, one of the most unguardable players in the league. Obviously, I think he's top five up there with Luka Doncic and when Luke and Porzingis is healthy alongside him, it's a deadly duo. They can easily catch fire. Um, I just think the Mavericks they made a lot of noise last year in the playoffs, almost upsetting the Clippers. Uh, basically, just on the back solo handedly of Luka Doncic. And then in the terms of the East, I'm going with the Knicks. I think they're a gritty team who's a great defensive team. And they're led by an offensive star this year, Julius Randle, who um, yeah. I bet against him to win, um, what's it called, uh, most improved yeah, player. Improved. But he's going to win it at this point. Um, but yeah. I think a team like the Bucks could have a lot of problems facing against them because that would be the matchup at this moment. So I'd go the Knicks yeah. and the Mavericks. Yeah, I like those picks too. Uh, I was thinking those teams too. Yeah. Next question comes from Mason Newman, NBA Defensive Player of the Year. I'll be quick with this. I go Ben Simmons. He can guard every position and continues to impress. Uh, you know, even though he's not a shot creator or a jump shooter, he impacts the game tremendously. Uh, go Bears a safe pick as well, and so is Miles Turner. But I think Ben Simmons, you know, being on the top team in the East, he's been able to be out there even without uh, Joel Embiid. He's been able to lock out guys in the perimeter uh, and the post. I got to go with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, next question. Rookie of the year. Comes from Court Dumars. Carson? Uh, I think I got to go Edwards just because, like, you know, he's shown so many great flashes. I mean, he, like, has the best numbers, but that's also just because, like, he just kind of has the keys to the offense. Um, yeah. So it probably will be Edwards. Um, it would have been LaMelo by far. He was doing some amazing, amazing things. But I do like Halliburton the most, and I think uh, it's sad to see Halliburton kind of stuck on the Kings because I think if, you know, the Suns, could have easily drafted him. And I think, man, if the Suns had him or like another team that was in that range that is in like a playoff spot right now, 
like he would be a big, big difference maker in the playoffs. Um, and I think it, you know, probably should be him if he just had more volume, but it's going to go to Edwards. Yeah. Where did the Suns um, draft? Jalen Smith. They drafted Jalen uh, Smith. Center, like a, Maryland. Doesn't He's really done nothing much. Um, yeah. yeah, just go off that, Carson. Edwards, same thing. But if I had a pick, I'm giving it the ball. Ball's brought this team who, who's been a, literally a dumpster fire organization. Michael Jordan gets made fun of for how bad he's ran this organization. And now they're in the playoffs right now at the eighth seed. I think Lamella Ball has changed the culture there in Charlotte. And I think he's going to be in a hot take. He's going to be an all-star next year. So there we go. Yep. Yeah. Um, best basketball prospect in the next three years comes from our boy Griff Griff. Yeah, shout out Griffin being on the podcast. Um, I looked around the part the um, I know Carson's obviously a huge recruit guy as well, but uh, I looked into some of the people and I think I'm gonna go Amani Bates here. Um, I don't know how Chet Holmgren's yeah. game is going to translate to the NBA. Uh, he's a little bit too skinny right now, and it's a little bit I don't know what position he's gonna play. He looks to me a little bit of a poor Zingus, like more ball handler vibe. Uh, but I think Bates reminds me a lot of Michael Porter Jr. I'm not gonna go with the basic Kevin Durant assumption, but you know, the skinnier frame. I think from here on out. Uh, before he makes the league, whether he goes to the Michigan State, whether he goes to the G League, which some people are thinking, I think he needs to put some more muscle on and on his frame so he can be a better force on the drive. But I think his potential is, though, as high as Kevin Durant, just the way we've seen him be able to shot create in high school. But high school is obviously a different game. We don't know what it's going to be like. But more reasonably, I think he's going to come in the league and look exactly like what Michael Porter Jr. is right now. Same. I had Bates. Like, uh, he's going to be getting buckets. Um, another guy had Jalen Green, who I think, um, you know, when he gets drafted, he's going to come in and like take the NBA by storm. I think just because, you know, uh, the players just aren't really paying attention to him because obviously, you know, you see guys like Cade, uh, we saw Suggs, you know, they've kind of, you know, gotten a massive spotlight from the tournament, but this is someone that has his athleticism off the charts. He, you know, uh, three level scorer. Um, I think he's just going to come in and just like go crazy, but also I do have Cade Cunningham because I think, you know, guys like LeBron, Luca, uh, you know, Harden, where they're kind of like that one-man offensive wrecking crew where they, you know, create for themselves and also create for others. I think Cade Cunningham has, like, that that kind of game and that kind of talent as well where he can just be, you know, the offense for a team. Um, but those three guys, I think, are my favorite prospects for the next couple of years for show. Also, Suggs. Shout out Suggs. I love Suggs. Shout out to Suggs. Suggs is insane. Um, next yeah. question comes from... Jaden Bellman, Tatum, Luca, or Zion, which guy are you building your franchise around? This was actually a question we all talked about. This is a great question, by the way. Chat. This was like the hardest question out of all of them. Yeah, great um, question. But yeah. the way I see it, it's between Luca and Tatum. I mean, the two guys that have shown that they can win so far in their career, I think you revisit this question in two years, I might probably say Zion. But Tatum provides more defensively while Luca can have an entire offense run through him. The way I see it, you switch guys on their teams. I, I think the Celtics are a one or two seed in their uh, in the East, so I'm rocking with of Luca. That's my simple reasoning. Yes, yeah, same. I would also pick Luca, but there's arguments for either one. And also, like you said, Zion, because I think Zion, like you know, it, at his own space, like you know, it, around the basket, is just as dominant as Luca is when it comes to like you know all aspects of of the offense. But you know, Zion, you know, keeps doing that that point guard work. You know, it could easily be him, um, but I, I would still probably take Luca. The Mavericks, Mark Cuban, you've got to build around this guy because you got like a generational talent right now, and like you guys should be in the championship hunt if you just get a solid, solid team around them. But the rest of the guys are kind of cheeks right now. 
Makes me so sad that you guys both picked Luca because we literally had Luca on a silver platter, like second overall. He was right there, and we took Marvin Bagley. You guys didn't think you'd pair with Fox or something? I, I have no clue. Like, uh, it's tough. The t- yeah, that's you guys are the Lions. It's unfortunate. The Kings are yeah. the Lions yeah. of the NBA. So, I honestly, I think they're worse. They're definitely worse. <laughs> um. All right. Next question comes. Another one from Chase. Most overrated team in the NBA? Um, very, very hard question. Carson and I are going back and forth about this. Um, I'm going to say the Grizzlies, though. Uh, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. not being there makes this team uh, a lot worse than the, uh, what they should be. I think they should be a better team. But at the same time, I don't think they're as good as an eighth seed. I think the Warriors and the Spurs will both beat them when it comes to the play the play-in tournament. John Morant really hasn't taken a leap as a player this year. It's been kind of disappointing to see. He's been around the same points per game, uh, dropped off significantly from three-pointer, uh, which we talked about in our uh, episode in regards to uh, the check-in, uh, the NBA check-in. So, yeah, uh, I'd say the Grizzlies. Yeah. Um, I came up with the Pacers. Uh, just they're really disappointing to me because you have, you know, an all, you have two borderline all-stars in Brogdon and Sabonis. Uh, really, really solid guys. And then Karis Avert is an amazing third option. I mean, you know, I think he just dropped like 30 the other night. Um, and they just have an identity problem, like kind of like whose team it is. And they have really solid role guys. I mean, Turner, uh, you know, one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, Dougie McBuckets, McConnell, uh, you know, a bunch of other solid, solid role guys. Uh, they just should be way better than like the ninth seed. Like they should easily be in like that four to like, six seven range in the in the east and it's just like disappointing to see them out of the playoffs right now yeah uh, building on top of that final question comes from silas dominguez nba conference finals man, team prediction silas hi right, carson take it off yeah um i'd be shocked if it wasn't uh net sixers in the east um, unless like Giannis like just figures it out and goes ham and, and gets to the uh, conference finals, but it should be Ned Sixers. Uh, and then in the West, uh, Lakers, like, you know, health, you know, like all healthy should easily be the Lakers. And then, uh, I'd go with the Suns because, uh, you know, I think they match up really well with the Clippers. Um, and that's who they'd most likely play in the second round. Whereas the jazz, they'd either be getting, uh, the Lakers, uh, or the Nuggets right now, uh, who, or maybe the Blazers that they sneak in, uh, you know, one of those three teams. I just like could easily see all three of those teams beating them. So I, I'd probably go with the Lakers and the Suns for, for the West. I'm on the same wave as Carson. I think the Sixers and Nets should be the two teams facing off. I think it's going to be a wonderful story of how these teams were terrible just a couple of years ago. Now they're the top two teams in the East. Uh, in terms of the uh, Western Conference, though, I've had the Lakers on top. Of course, since, you know, if they're healthy, they got Drummond, they got AD, they got LeBron, never count out the King James. Um, but I also have the Jazz, I think uh, hopefully the playoffs even works its way around because, you know, the Lakers might lose a couple more games, might win a couple more games, who knows what's going on. But I think the Jazz-Lakers would be a wonderful story. I think these guys are finally going to click it. I think it was going to – it should have been Utah this year if they had uh, Murray on their team uh, back healthy. But uh, I'd say Jazz-Lakers. And then Denver. before we close it uh, – what? You said Utah with Mary. Oh, Denver. sorry, but Denver. Yeah, Denver. With Mary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, no, uh, we had one more question that uh, we didn't answer because it's already been answered. Uh, Max Lee 10, uh, friend of Carson out there. Uh, he asked who's the first overall pick uh, in the fancy football draft, but we have already answered that. So uh, the video should pop up on a little card above you guys right now. So click on that.
go watch our uh, episode on that one. It was a really fun one. Chase was on the podcast for that. So if you want to see that. Check that out. out. Beautiful sure. segue. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Sunday Talk. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Coast to Coast Podcast to be featured on next week's. Shout out to everyone that sent in a question. Um, it was a great episode, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you.